Welcome back to In the Outside with Vincent Ramirez. Previously on part one of my interview with Eric Holguin. Um, you know, I, I just sort of wanted something more fulfilling, something more to like help people. Around, was it 2014, late 2014, early 2015, is whenever I started getting that that itch and all that. So I was like, all right, I think I, think I found my calling. One Democrat is not going to to win by themselves. It's, it's going to take. We all have to sort of rise up together. For for, for Congress in Texas, it's myself, uh, Gene Ortiz Jones, and Lori Birch, and then Lupe Valdez. We're the only four at the federal or statewide level that are running for for office um, as openly LGBTQ uh, people. And now, part two of my interview with Eric Hogan. Being, you know, out and proud, I think, is a, it's not always an easy process for some people. For some people, they kind of yeah, get, you know, embraced, um, you know, whether it's, you know, from family or friends. Uh, for, you know, for some other people, it's not always just uh, as clear as clear cut. Would you mind sharing a little bit about maybe uh, maybe that process for you? What was your journey like? Uh, and be willing to share a little bit of your story. Yeah, so it's sort of... Well, to to sort of put the main part up front, I I did not come out until I was 29 years old um, to my parents. Everyone else in New York City knew who I was. I was completely open. My, even my friends knew who I was. Uh, and I was living on the other side of the world, uh, other side of the country. <laughs> and um, it seems like it's on the other side of the it world. It does, yeah. Uh, but I was, <laughs> But I was living on the other side of the country, you know, no family members, nothing over there. So, you know, I didn't feel that pressure to have to, like, sort of hide any aspect of myself. Um, and so, you know, I, I think my parents knew, and it was just something that they, that was never really brought up. And my reasoning for waiting so long wasn't because I was, like, scared or anything like that. I sort of had this, like, mentality of, like, well, someone doesn't have to come out as straight why should I have to come out as, you know, have to like have this conversation and let them know who I am. Um, and then, you know, it sort of got to the point where I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to tell them because, uh, because it does, it's not a big deal for me. So they need to know and they're going to get over it, whether they like it or not. Um, so I remember coming home for Christmas and the first day that I was there, I was like just waiting for the right opportunity and um, I was kind of, I was nervous. I, I, I was shocked. I was, I was very nervous. And, you know, I was told my, it was me and my parents and my younger sister were sitting in the living room. And I uh, told my parents, was like, um, I need to talk to y'all whenever y'all have a chance. And they're like, okay. And so my dad told my little sister to go to her room. Um, and then I told them and they were just like, oh, okay, great. You know, no big deal. Um, and so, you know, they've been, extremely supportive um and you know it's nothing that we like go into great detail about but you know they'll ask you know who i'm seeing or things like that but it's, it's um you know it was nerve-wracking in that moment right. but there was uh immense pressure and weight that was released after i told them um just because it was just like all right they know everyone knows there's no like eric's hiding anything right. um so, so yeah, it was, you know, I was fortunate to have that. And I've heard some of my friends um, were not so fortunate and some other people are extremely not so fortunate. So, you know, I was happy to, to have parents that were 
open-minded and accepting and um you know they they were they were glad to um they're glad about what i've accomplished and what i've done uh, and i had to you know talk to them about just some myths and rumors you know that they hear about the lgbtq community and, right. and sort of you know let them know uh, who we actually are and what our community represents and what we do and the kinds of successes that the community has um and so they're like oh okay it's just it's just they were never they grew up in a small town of three thousand people um so they're just not exposed to that they they just they just don't know better and so once i educated them they're like okay great now we know um now let's move on with their life now was it something that you felt i mean you knew about yourself earlier on in life or was it something that you kind of like oh, i'm still trying to figure this out um about what age do you think that you maybe kind of uh either accepted it for yourself or used to talk to maybe more like immediate family. Like I know for myself, it was a little bit more of a process and um, there were certain people I talked to first. Cause I just was like, I gotta, I gotta tell them first, you know, there was kind of a hierarchy of things. Um, I would have to say I seventh grade. Okay. Um, I remember, uh, I, I remember very vividly sort of having, starting to like have these weird feelings or, for some of like my male classmates, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "This is weird. Why am I feeling this way? I'm not supposed to do this." All right, um, and then I and then I remember walking down the school hallway in between classes one day, and I sort of just said to myself um, internally, not out loud, <laughs> um, said to myself, "I was just like, holy shit, I think I'm going to be gay when I get older. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. When I said when I get older, you know, even though I already knew what I was." Um, and so I had that sort of epiphany and then, you know, you, you growing up in small Hispanic town, Texas, you just try and suppress it, um, as much as you can. Um, I never really had a girlfriend, never really dated girls, never really went after them, never tried to like cover, use them, cover it up or sort of just, I sort of just doing my own thing and focused on school and focused on sports and, you know, being successful and. You know, my mom thought that was great because she always said, "Get your get your life together first before you worry about getting getting with someone else." Yeah. Um, and so um, I was able to kind of hide behind that uh, mindset uh, all through college, and then I went to New York, and it was just like small town boy, biggest city in the country, and you know, went and just learned who I am. Yeah. Yeah. You said you were born in Odom, but did you do your like schooling and everything in Odom, Texas or? Yeah. So I went to elementary school in Odom, middle school in Fosforia, and then high school in uh, Sherilyn High School, which is down in the valley. Um, and then college in Corpus Christi. And, no, and, you know, for people that aren't aware of like kind of what that population is like, is it, it's predominantly Hispanic. Is Would you say that pretty accurately or? Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, Odom and Falfurias are, you know, Tex-Mex Hispanic, and the Valley is, uh, you know, Tex-Mex Hispanic with a lot of uh, uh, Mexican immigrants. So, yeah, I don't want to say so much of as a stereotype, but that there tends to be kind of, especially like in Hispanic family, there's just the like kind of this alpha male centric uh, environments and things of that sort. Um, so, do you feel like that maybe it was uh, part of that? Uh, for yourself, kind of needing to fill that suppression, you know, uh, you know, basically one of the reasons maybe why? Um, yes and no. I never really saw myself as having to, like, 
exert myself as this like overly masculine Latino machismo guy. Um, I sort of knew that, um, you know, my my intellect, my common sense, my sarcasm, my everything else that made me me um, compensated for whatever that is. Um, you know, I, I, I was very comfortable with who I was, um, even though I was suppressing that aspect um, in terms of being able to handle myself or, like, compete against, you know, that sort of, um, you know, that sort of, like, hyper-masculinity, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, I never felt intimidated by it. I never really cared. I was sort of just, like, um, sort of like, eh, you know, I'll let them do their thing and I'm just going to do my thing. Yeah. Um, and if people like it, great. If they don't, oh, well, you know, life, you know, I, there's, there's, there's plenty of other people in the world who will like it. So I never really, I learned at a very young age, um, and people are going to make fun of me for this, but I learned from a certain pop star <laughs> to not care uh, what people have to say, uh, Britney Spears, to be, to be, to be honest. Uh, uh, she was someone who I like, idolized whenever I was a kid growing up. Um, and, and I would kind of use it as an excuse to, to hide behind and be like, oh, yeah, no, she's running through this hot uh, type of thing. Uh, but, uh, but you know, I, I learned from her um, and my mom and other people just sort of to not care what people have to say about you. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you're never going to be happy. And so I took that into account when it came to, uh, you know, growing up or, or growing up in that sort of environment. Yeah. I, honestly, you know, Eric, there, I think there's a lot of people, I know you kind of said jokingly, like, oh, you know, people will probably make fun of me for this. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people that I think get empowerment from artists like Britney Spears, Madonna, you know, they, uh, there is something that uh, I think definitely, I think at least they, they've always been uh, vocal about their support with the LGBT community. I think in their own ways, they, you know, come across adversity and, um, have been able to channel that into their art. And so I think it's easy to easily, you know, admire these, uh, these people for that. And, you know, it definitely makes plenty of sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you mentioned your parents and things, and you mentioned that you had a younger sister. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned, but I, I think I read that you had two older, two, is it two older brothers or two? Uh, one older brother and a younger brother. When, right? Okay. I'm the second of four. Okay. Second of four. Okay. Um, how, how was the family's, re- you know, reception? I mean, like had, had you already brought them into the loop about, you know, maybe uh, who you were, or is it just all kind of like, uh, you know, like a, did they kind of already know and everybody was just kind of holding the secret for you? Or? Yeah, I mean, I mean, most people, I would say most people in my family knew. You would have to be blind, deaf, and dumb to <laughs> to not have known. I mean, when I was four years old, I, I even have a picture of it. When I was four years old, I begged my mom for Beauty and the Beast cake. Um most people, most other boys are probably wanting Power Rangers or Transformers or stuff like that. Uh, but I wanted Beauty and the Beast. And, you know, as, growing up, my favorite X-Men was like Storm and Rogue or, or the Pink Ranger. Or, you know, just I would always, for some reason, want to play with the female toys or, um, or sort of idolize like female uh, figures in the country. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that might explain why I uh, admire Hillary Clinton so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's always been, you know, women 
throughout ever since I was a kid in pop culture to politics to just, you know, everything in between that, that I've idolized and that I've sort of kind of taken from and sort of crafted and sort of helped me become who I am because, you know, women are very powerful. Uh, they're, you know, they, especially today, they're, you know, the female's future, as I always, uh, the future is female, is what I always say. Yeah. And that's sort of that's sort of where it came from. Um, you know, I, I remember watching this interview with Britney Spears, and they played her a video of people just basically talking crap about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was she was like 18 or 19 years old. And they're like, "What do you think about this?" And she's like, "Well, if they don't like me, then they could just turn off the TV. It's simple as that." I'm like, "That's a good mindset." Um, yeah. And so, you know, when I came, whenever running for Congress, I already had that instilled in me. And that's allowed me just to power through everything. Um, you know, I've gotten comments on Facebook or things like that, but I don't care, you know. Um, as I say, unless they're paying my bills, putting food on the table, or putting a roof over my head, their opinion doesn't mean much to me. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a, a very positive way to approach that because it's, uh, you know, especially with the internet and just you know people kind of hiding behind the uh, the cloak of, of of you know not being visible tends to I think bring out sometimes the worst in people. How's the perception been regarding you know anything that people know about you with regards to your sexual orientation? It's been nothing but positive. Uh, people are shocked in a good way, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is exciting!" Um, and then when I tell them, I'd be the first openly. Um, LGBTQ, Latinx, another female person elects to Congress in the country, then they're like, oh, great. This is like, you know, where you can make history here in the, in Corp- in the coastal bend. Um, and so people are excited. People, you know, some people need it. Some people are, are shocked. I get a lot of, um, a lot of, I guess, mothers that say you should meet my daughter. I'm like, yeah, we should. Uh, <laughs> but uh, They're trying to set you up on yeah. a date. They're like, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they they do, um, oh, and you awesome. just go along with it and just say yes. <laughs> Great, have them call me. Um, <laughs> and so um, you know, it's it's nothing that I like that I promote. Uh, you know, being LGBTQ is not part of my platform. I'm right, just a candidate that happens to be LGBTQ. Right. So it's not something where I feel the need to walk into their room and be like, guys, I am an openly gay man. Now let me tell you what I want want to tell you about about tell the people. Right. Uh, it's just people know, they know, but they don't know, they don't know. If they ask, I'll be honest with them. Stay tuned for part three of my interview with Eric Holguin. And don't forget to subscribe to In the Outside podcast and share it with all of your friends and family. I mean, I, I mean, I was open in general. You know, growing up, I was bullied a lot and called tagged and girl and sissy and all these things. If you're a preteen or if you're a teenager and you're being bullied, you know, be strong. Quite a few people all around that sort of have shaped me and molded me um, into who I am today.